Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's episode, a special on the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax opening night and press conference. And now, here's your host, Rob Haspani. It is a very special edition of the Squared Circle Pit today. It's Rob. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Now, typically on Squared Circle Pit, we have interviews where we interview wrestlers about their love of music, or we interview musicians about their love of wrestling. It's all about the intersection of rock and wrestling. But changing it up for this episode, because I was able to go to Dallas and uh, check out the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Tournament opening day. And I got invited to the press conference. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But I do want to mention, if this is your first time listening, thank you for tuning in. And uh, may I suggest going back and listening to some of our archives? We have tons of great episodes with some really cool guests like Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff. We got Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Maynard from Tool. All these guys talking about rock and wrestling. Go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit to catch all the action. Now let's talk about the G1. So here's what happened. The G1 is going to be airing, I want to mention, for all of my American listeners. People are asking me a lot lately, like, how do I get into New Japan? How do I get into New Japan? This is the perfect time to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling. Every Saturday night on Access TV, on cable, they will be airing a night of the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Tournament. So tune in Saturday nights on Access TV to watch it. Now, what is the G1 Tournament? The G1 is an annual tournament. This is the 29th year, and in its current incarnation, uh, it has 20 wrestlers split up into two blocks of 10, the A block and the B block. And then in those blocks, the 10 wrestlers have to wrestle each other in a round-robin-style tournament. So each wrestler has nine matches. Uh, And then the best records of both the A block and the B block advance to the finals to face each other and then the winner is the winner of the G1 Climax tournament. Now what do you get if you win the G1 Climax? You get to be in the main event of New Japan's annual big show Wrestle Kingdom, their equivalent of WrestleMania, which happens January 4th and 5th at the Tokyo Dome. So this is a big deal. This is like an annual Summer Olympics and it's the best action of the year in G1 because you get all of these singles matchups, all of these combinations of, of dream matches that you want to see. And for the first time ever, the show kicked off in America. Uh, in the last 29 years, they only had it in Japan. And so when the G1 came to Dallas, I just knew I had to go down there and check it out. And I'm really glad I did. It was an unbelievable show. I'm going to give a full recap with 3D from the Metal Injection Livecast who came with me a bit later on in the show. But before we get to that, I do want to mention that I was lucky enough to get invited to the press conference the day before the G1 Climax. Now, if you're a New Japan fan, you might have seen the entire press conference on New Japan World or on YouTube. They put that out. But then after the official press conference and everybody cut their promos, there was a separate press scrum Uh, where wrestlers individually would come out and answer questions from the press, of which I was a member. (laughs) It was a a very awesome experience to see these guys and talk to these guys. And and I learned so much about 
these people. And I want to play a few clips from the, the press conference. Uh, and then after that, I will uh, give a full recap of the G1 with 3D, which we recorded the night of the G1 this past Saturday because we were so amped up that we wanted to get it going. So let's kick things off. I want to start with Will Ospreay, one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Uh, and he's getting a lot of attention lately uh, because of his uh, little Twitter back and forth with Seth Rollins. Now, to me, this all seemed like uh, kayfabe, like they were just working. You know, they were they were playing up their animosity. But I feel like people really uh, like bought into it and, and thought that there was some actual heat between them. So the first question that Will Ospreay gets asked when he sits down at the press release is about Seth Rollins and if the if he, they're still feuding. So here's how Will responds. Yeah, it's, it's not even a feud. It was just a bit of banter. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a laugh. Just, even when I said it out there, it was just like, it's just me having a laugh. Like, people just take everything so damn fucking seriously. Right, sorry for swearing. I'm just in a bad mood. So, just, at the end of it, it's just, I respect Seth, Tyler. Like, I don't even know his wrong name. But just, I, res I respect him. He's like a great, great wrestler, great guy. And at the end of it, like, I wasn't offended by the bank account thing. I would love your bank account. Like, money is great, but it's not everything to me. Happiness is my main thing. And even though I, I sometimes struggle to find it, it's, I'm happy when I'm inside a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. Will Ospreay didn't exactly seem to be in the best of moods. And, and I'm not saying that critically or anything. He just seemed a bit down. And uh, there was actually a moment in the press conference where he sort of broke down a little bit and, and it got a little emotional and it was I don't want to say it was odd but I was just sitting there and I was just like man I want to give this dude like a hug like dude you're you rule like you shouldn't <laughs> you know like you you don't need to be so bummed out like you should be happy like it's everything's going to be okay you know I just wanted to give him a hug here here's what he said and I think I think you should really listen and, and pay attention because I feel like this is probably something a lot of wrestlers go through and they just don't have the courage to talk about so here's Will on his mental health it's not like anything about contracts because if I don't pick myself out of bed then I'm not going to I'm not going to move I'm not I'm going to stay there my head gets the better of me all the time like it's, it's I'm not even gonna lie. Like it, you got a better me. Like today, this morning, I didn't want to get out of bed. Like, <clears throat> give me a minute. There, there'll always be like just one thing, and there was one thing that just hit me over the edge. I don't like traveling. I don't like being away from home. And now that's a being an adult. I've moved my entire life to Japan to try and take some type of responsibility because I've always been. I don't know, I've always been a kid. I've always been like that dumbass guy on Twitter. It's just like, oh God, what's Will said now? I've always been that guy. And recently now, I've just, I've, I've had to be an adult, but I don't want to be. I've just, I've got to be an adult. I've got responsibilities now. I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got dogs to look after. I've got a missus to look after. I've got two parents at home. Like I'm helping pay their bills. I'm a 26 year old man. Like this isn't what 26 year old people normally do. You know, everything's just been piled onto me at once. And yeah, I do stress out. I do like, I was in a New Japan Cup when I lost to Okada and I was genuinely emotional I came out. Like I just cried because it was the, one of the worst months of my entire effing life. And it was just because it was just like, I put everything in there. Was, the wrestling ring is generally my meditation. 
it's the one place where there's nothing on the outside matters and everything just everything that matters to me is inside that wrestling ring. Like, I don't like public speaking, I don't like talking to any of you guys, I really don't. But then when I'm half naked, I, I'm just like in my, my sex pants, like I feel great. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It, it's such a weird world, but it's just, it's so weird how my anxiety and my depression just goes away the moment my music hits. And then the moment the bell rings, it comes back. And I don't, I don't get it, I don't understand it. But they ask, why, why do you think that is? Do you just get lost in the moment? Do you just concentrate on what you need to accomplish? I can't. Uh, <coughs> I don't know. I really don't. I wish I could. I honestly wish I could. But this, there are just some nights I just I don't want. I don't want to be with Osprey. I wish I was anyone else. I generally do. Because there's so much weight on my shoulders sometimes. And I just crumble. I feel like I do anyway. I feel like I crumble. But it's just when I'm in the wrestling ring, I, d I don't care. Like maybe maybe that is the reason behind this this style that think people are gonna maybe people think that this is a style that's gonna kill me and then I'm just like no nah, I'm fine this is I feel invincible here I feel strong and this is the only time I can be strong but I, I need to be strong because there are a lot of people uh, going through the same shit that I'm going through and I I want to show them it's okay to be weak it is okay to have those emotions it's okay to to cry to feel alone because. I've picked myself out of bed, and I've got 10,000 people I've got performing in front of, 1,000, 2,000, sometimes it goes up to 40,000. And if I can pick myself out of bed to do it, everyone else can. Just to follow up one, one last, who, who do you lean on then in those moments? My missus, it's great, it's fantastic, my mum and dad. I've got some friends, I've got a chat group called Osprey and the Latin Luster Juniors because we just talk to each other, we're all going through some tough times. It's, you never know what any pro wrestler's going through because we're living life out of a bag, and we don't get to see our parents, we don't get to see our, our family all the time, so it, is, it does get hard. It gets real hard on me, I'm struggling, but I get through, I'm with her, and that picks me up every single effing day. Like, I've got these, like, the Japanese symbol is love there, and this ring's mine, that ring's hers. That, that gets me through, it doesn't come off until I wrestle, and it goes straight back on every single time. Helps me get through the day. One of the guys that really impressed me at the press conference was Jay White. Now, I, I've liked Jay White. I really like his whole switchblade gimmick. I think he's really, I thought he was good at being a heel. After this weekend, I think he is great at being a heel. He absolutely owned that press conference. And it was pretty awesome because during the uh, official part of it, you know, the one that was on camera, he gets up to the mic and he basically is like, there's no one I'm looking forward to wrestling. There's nothing about the G1 that I care about. I just want my title shot. So there, I answered all of your questions. Uh, so don't ask me who I want to wrestle. Don't ask me what I'm looking forward to. The answer is nothing and no one. I don't care. And then, of course, when he comes to this other press conference, the first question he's asked is, how does he feel about wrestling John Moxley? <laughs> and he's like, hey, haven't you been listening to my, my press conference? Uh, didn't you listen to what I said at the press conference? But he still answered everything in character, and, and he nailed it. And, and so here is his response to that. How I feel about John Moxley. I have no feelings about him. I have no feelings about this tournament or any of the people in the show. I have thoughts. I don't have feelings about it. My thoughts on John Moxley... I don't know, is he trying to beat me? We saw his video, he has, his, he has the tally marks on the wall. He's fighting with his knives as well. Look, if he wanted, I could give him a t-shirt, you know? I understand why he's come out here, because 
the biggest star is out here. You know, he'd, he'd obviously, he'd been done with the place that he was at. And then look over in Japan and here I am making waves. So he sees that, he wants to get in on that, as everybody else does. Uh, those are my thoughts on John Moxley. You know, it's always quite nice as well that for once there's somebody else that's just a little bit closer to me in terms of star power and star quality because I'm so much further ahead of everybody else that I've been having a wrestle recently. So, you know, that's a nice surprise. That's a nice change to have someone a little bit closer. But even John Moxley, I'm still miles ahead of him. Another person at the press conference asked Jay White about Bullet Club losing its muster. And uh, he said that some people have said Bullet Club have lost their muster. Of course, he didn't say that he's saying that. And he was probably implying the idea that the Bucks and, and Cody and Kenny Omega left and, and that, you know, they might not be as cool as they used to be. And I really, really appreciated Jay White's response here. Here's what he said. It's a, it's a yeah, I, I understand what you mean and what they may mean. And that's because the Bullet Club of all, or, you know, the elite Bullet Club, whatever you want to call it, those guys, they pandered, they pandered to the fans, they kissed their ass, they get, tried to give them everything that they wanted. Me, I'm the opposite, that's, that's why it feels that way. You know, those guys try to act like they're best friends with everybody. I'm very clearly above all the other fans, and I, I show it, because I already know it. So that's the difference, that's why it feels that way, is because the fans, they're not a part of this with me. I'm not doing this for them, I've said, a lot of, uh, said it a lot of times before, a lot of what I do, I do it in spite of the fans. So that's that's the main difference there. And, you know, it's a, a fair enough question. And appreciate the disclaimer, that wasn't your words. But actually, hang on, on that same note, you, it depends how you look at it. Because then, like I said, we're still, as a headline of a sold-out MSG show. And I'm with Bullet Club. So when you look at those facts, it's probably also not true. I finally was able to get a question in, and I was very excited, and I wanted to know what Jay White listens to. What's his musical taste? He appreciated the question, but of course he had to stay in character. So here's his response. Uh, do you listen to any music to hype yourself up before a match, or what are some of your favorite bands? Mm. I do, but any time I get asked, I can never think of what I actually like listening to. And it sounds like a doors into my... Uh, into my personal life a little bit so that you guys don't need to be a part of that. Kevin Kelly was next and he was really cool. And one thing I want to mention is, you know, when I first started watching New Japan, there was no English commentary. It was only Japanese commentary, which I did grow to appreciate for what it was. They're very animated. They're very excited. And then uh, New Japan started doing English commentary with Kevin Kelly and, and a partner. And at first I didn't really switch over, but now I, I really love it and I really enjoy it. And it was interesting to hear Kevin talk about uh, how a lot of people, you know, have said that they've switched over to the English commentary and they enjoy it. And his take on it, I thought he had a really good take on the whole situation. Well, I, we try to enhance the story without getting in the way of it. We have to uh, make the experience better for the audience. Otherwise, there's no benefit to us being there. And so we just try to add value to every show and give uh, give the fans it's not in you know it's not instead of it's go back and watch it with Japanese watch it with English watch both um, because I enjoy listening to the shows back in Japanese I enjoy it because it's fun I enjoy listening my favorite announced team is Hugo Savinovich and Carlos Cabrera from WWE for years they were my favorite and because they put and I didn't understand 
I understood very little of what they said, but I just got a different emotional connection to the product. And so it, it's just another way of telling the story, but relating to the English speaking world and making sure that um, the fans understand who these athletes are, what makes them so special, what they're fighting for, and it, we hope that it helps uh, help them become better fans, more deeper fans. Yes. Another guy who has a great heel personality is Zack Sabre Jr. Really great dry humor. And for here's an example. When somebody asked him to describe his style, here's how he described it. His wrestling style, that is. Are you familiar with the, uh, like the architecture of socialist realism? So essentially, that's how I would describe my style. <laughs> and I finally got a chance to ask Zach a question. I asked him about uh, a bit of music, a bit of politics. Here's, what, here's how it went. Do you ever get in trouble for some of the more socialist stuff you say in these press conferences? And what are some of your favorite bands? Ah, uh, um, no, I think for the most part, everything I say in Japan sort of goes over everyone's heads. So I think sort of my plans to nationalize New Japan haven't quite been uh, <laughs> recognized just yet. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And uh, so my favorite, well, Idol's my favorite band in the world right now. Uh, you should be able to watch it in America. The Glastonbury performance that they did uh, last week is like one I know just felt special, which is sort of rare when you're watching it, like a first time Glastonbury appearance. Do you listen to any music when you train or just? Yes. Yeah, yeah varies. Um, I probably listen to guitar stuff just when I'm traveling. Um, like I, I like sort of more left field experimental sort of dance music or techno, I guess. Uh, so I generally listen to that or grind uh, in the gym. Uh, like Skepta's record was really good. Dave and AJ Chase, he put out some really good albums. Like Grimes, never been better in the UK. Uh, Fontaine's DC, that's one of the best sort of punk records of the year. Black Midi as well. Um, yeah, one of the benefits of being in limbo traveling is that I've loads of time to listen to records. And with Zach, I mean, he's making it clear the G1 is all about, for him, just getting a pin over Okada. They're supposed to meet in a few, uh, few days or a week or two. And if he does, that basically ensures that he is guaranteed a world title shot. He does not care about going to the Tokyo Dome. This, here, it, here is what he, what he cares about. Yeah, I don't really care about baseball, so the Tokyo Dome means nothing to me. Um, I'd, much rather, I'd much rather do it in the UK where I can just get on the train for two stops or if I'm feeling very sort of energized, I can walk there. Um, no, like, uh, I'm proud to be part of New Japan. Uh, it was the only goal that I set you know, properly when I was 14 years old. I told my career guidance counselor, and uh, she rightfully thought I was a maniac. Um, but I eventually uh, proved her wrong. And uh, yeah, sort of simultaneous. I want to be part of New Japan for the rest of my career, but I'm still, you know, at my core of British wrestler. So my focus is to uh, put as much spotlight on the scene and continue growing it. So I think I can do that better with a big title match in England and sort of. It's too Kenta came in the room and it was very cool and I wanted to know two things. I wanted to know, Kenta, are we going to get the go to sleep? And Kenta, what kind of music do you enjoy? And I was uh, not surprised by one answer, but surprised by, by the other. Here's what he said. Uh, will we see the go to sleep in the G1? And uh, what are some of your favorite bands or music? I will show you go to sleep. For sure. 
and uh, any any music that you enjoy listening to in, in preparation for G1 or music? Yeah. Do you like any favorites? Oh, <laughs> just a question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, before I love I love hip hop or R and B something like that, but now I, I have been living in the states for about five years, so I always listen Japanese music. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, there was Juice Robinson. I asked Juice about uh, what music he listens to and very eclectic music tastes. And also, you know, if you follow him on Instagram, follow some of the guys on Instagram, they're always out eating good meats and, and partying. I asked him about what the after show lifestyle is like for Robinson and others. The G1 seems like a very grueling tournament, but I notice on Instagram, you guys, after your shows, tend to have a lot of fun, drinking some beers, eating some, some meat. What, what, what is the typical uh, post-match ritual? And would you be able to talk about some of your favorite bands? Yes. Uh, are you talking like during the G1 or during like the best of the Super Juniors? Is there a different, it's a different. Well, for me, I'm not a junior, so I have like, you know, I had to beat up Ren Narita and Shadow Amino <laughs> the next day, so I can drink into the wee hours of the morning. But you know, when you're in the G1, you try to do that sober, or at least me. Uh, so just water. When you make it. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe a long chow here and there. You know, just try to get a good meal and try to get uh, to bed at a decent time. It's definitely not the party tour. Yeah, you don't want to be hungover or tired going into your big singles matches. Uh, and you said what bands do I like? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Mm, uh, man. Well, obviously I love the Beatles. I mean, who doesn't? Um, I'm. Uh, John Butler Trio, do you know who they are? Avid Brothers. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Dirty Heads and uh, like a lot of, I don't know, I've just been listening to this Beach Vibes uh, thing on my Spotify over and over again for a while. I got really into A Star Is Born, so I know most Sick. of the songs. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't really like freak out over like one band. I got about 17,000 bands that I like. You know? Just like everybody. I forget who it was that asked, but they asked, you know, for people in WWE that happen to be unhappy and aren't or scared to make the jump, what kind of advice he would have. And I really enjoyed his answer here. So you uh, ended up being pretty much the best case scenario in terms of betting on yourself and walking out and discovering who you wanted to be and coming to New Japan. Are you surprised more guys and girls haven't done that? And what would your advice be to someone who's sort of in the position that you and you were in, where you say, I, I don't want to be here, I'm going to go find myself elsewhere and find that success? What's this? Obviously, everyone's going to have a different life experience, but what's your advice to someone who is putting their body on the line and they're not happy with what they're getting out of their employer and looking to go elsewhere? Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> don't work there. If, you, if you're not having a good time, because like, wrestling is such a fun thing. And if you're doing pro wrestling and the banner that you're doing under makes you stay awake and not get sleep at night because it pisses you off, get the hell out of there and go work for somewhere else, somebody else. Unless money's your thing and you need to make a, a certain amount of whatever, I don't know. I know. Money was never my thing in this. I wanted to do this because it was fun. And I think anybody that has that feeling should leave. And I think you've seen it a lot more, more lately, people are. 
wait, what? Why do I have to do this and be pissed off? You don't. So get on out and do your thing. Those are all the clips I got from the press conference, which was still so cool. And uh, I want to thank Access TV for inviting me. And again, remind you guys, you can watch the G1 every Saturday night on Access TV. And so we went to the opening night, which aired on Access, uh, myself, Jaron, and a few friends. And, and we were blown away. We were marking out hard. And uh, we were so excited. I wanted to record a recap that night to kind of capture our excitement and let you know how we feel. Uh, so I'm going to play that uninterrupted, and then that'll be the end of this special edition of Squared Circle Pit. I want to remind everybody that you can follow Squared Circle Pit on social media. We're on Facebook, so search for Squared Circle Pit, and on Twitter, at Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle for Twitter. I'm, of course, Rob Injection on all social media. Thank you, as always, for listening. Here is our recap. Here is our excited recap the G1 Climax 29 opening day. All right, we just got back from the G1. Well, to be completely honest, we just got back from Whataburger after G1, and we've eaten some Bluebell ice cream. We've gotten the full Texas experience. Rob here with Darren. Hello. And we just went to the G1. What are your first thoughts? Um, the, the first thing that really strikes you going to a, a live New Japan show, and we did go see... New Japan mixed with Ring of Honor, which is not quite the same thing. Uh, had half of the show dragging it down, but this was just a straight New Japan show. And first thing, walking into the arena, I was just, I felt like a 12-year-old kid because uh, I always wanted to go, like I dreamed of seeing the G1 Climax in Japan and how they came to us. And like, I, I'm, we're seeing the first historic G1 Climax show on American soil just blew my mind apart and then the show just took it to the next level above that just fantastic great match after great match after great match and walking out of there we were discussing this in the parking lot how uh, you know you go to a WWE show and you just like feel like you've been tortured for three hours it's a and marathon <laughs> it feels like yeah. you, it's almost a weight is off your shoulders when you walk out and Rob and I looked at each other after this show ended and, like, we were ready for, like, seven more matches. <laughs> it was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first complete, authentic New Japan show I went to. Obviously, I was also at the Garden. And with the Ring of Honor matches, it kind of killed the pacing because it was like, oh, here's a match I'm really looking forward to, and then, oh, I don't care about this match. And then here's a match I'm really looking forward to, and then, uh, whatever. With this, since it was all just New Japan, it was like, wow. Not only am I loving all this, all of these guys are over with me. The only match that was anything close to, like, misplaced, and even this is, like, a very light criticism, is Evil versus uh, Bad Luck Fale had to follow Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer, which was an amazing match. Yeah. That was the only, like, downward curve in action as I burped my ice cream out. But uh, I loved it. The my uh, the Just to go through the... Uh, like what the arena is pretty nice. It was pretty small. I was worried there would be way less people than there were. I think there were only five thousand people in there, but five thousand. I will take a half empty arena of fully passionate New Japan fans than a full arena of like people that don't want to be there because everyone was so hyped mm -hmm. on everything, uh, polite and like getting along with the chance and completely familiar with everyone's shtick. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I just really really enjoyed it. It really made it. I feel like. I don't know what it is, but, like, I like New Japan fans because it, it just seems like uh, I feel a closer kinship to them because, like, yeah. oh, like, we all 
seek this out. It's like, you know, when you go to like a, a death metal festival and like, oh, these are all death metal fans, you know, like they, they get it. You know what I mean? I also think that uh, one thing that really you notice when you either watch New Japan or you're live there is that it feels like all the fans are on the, on the team of the wrestlers. It's like you're, you're an extension of the show. Yeah. As opposed to like when you go to a shitty show. And it's almost like the fans are antagonistic to it. Because That's a great point. Yeah, there was no antagonist. Everyone was like on the same page as the story. Right. That I think it's just a function of. I feel like that's how WWF shows were in the '90s. Like you almost felt like you were on Team WWF because it was so good most of the time. Mm-hmm. And now that it sucks, I think people walk in the door looking to shit on it, and then if it's any good, they'll they'll kind of relent and say, "Okay, I like this," and cheer yeah. it. But this is like straight start to finish. It's like you know you're going to see something great. And then they deliver and then you're on board with it. It's so awesome. That's so true. Like my my expectations were really high and they still, I feel like, see, like I was still like marking out like crazy. So let's go through it. We can just breeze through the tag team matches. The one thing that sticks out of the, well, first off, the the Gorillas of Destiny versus Show and Yo. Fun opener was like 10 minutes. Easy peasy. The thing about New Japan is, like, I could have, I knew, obviously, Gorillas of Destiny were going to win because heavyweights always beat junior heavyweights, but it was still a fun match, and, and it didn't drag. And it was even. It wasn't, like, a squash match. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love all the interaction uh, that the G.O.D. do with, like, some of the stuff you don't really pick up yeah, on yeah. television. That was, a, like, we were very close. We were, like, the first row off, or second row off the floor, and I, you could really hear them, like, shit-talking each other, which I, you can't really pick up on TV as clearly. And they're so. mega over, by the way. Yeah. They're just so, I don't know, I mean, I like, uh, do you, uh, you think they're as over with Japanese fans? As they are, uh, with American yeah. Fans. I don't know. Yeah, they're more heels in Japan, yeah. whereas here they were being kind of cheered, were, but cheered as 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 heels. They like, were definitely working were, mega heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Respected as heels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then the I think the best tag team match was the next one, which was Ishii mm-hmm. and. Uh, was he was with Shota Umino, and then Jeff Cobb and Ren Narita. Right. And I am so looking forward now to the B Block Jeff Cobb Ishii match because yeah. they beat the shit out of each other. They did, and then and then after the match they went at each other again. Like it looked like they were going for that, like I respect you spot. Yeah, and then they just, he just threw an elbow into uh, Cobb's face. Ishii is the best person to like hype up a like fight. Like I, I get yeah. so excited. Like oh, this is like, you know, this shit's going down right now. He looks like a pit bull. It's yeah. awesome. he just looks like an actual <laughs> dog. Uh, he to me uh, looks like the uh, the guy in the first Austin Powers with the who threw the shoe. <laughs> who throws a shoe? Yeah, but, honestly, but meaner. I don't want to. I don't want to take heat off Ishii because he's the best. Odd job. That's the odd job. job. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. <laughs> uh, the other two tag. The other tag. The Yano match was fun to see Yano do yeah, his stuff, but it was, was, was yeah, it was an exhibition. That's what I love about these tag matches. It's like everyone gets in their spots. They do their poses. You cheer. You get to see them for a few minutes, but they don't like get, go too wild. Like Naito is cool to see him. Yano, the the uh, Santino Morella of New Japan. I that's <laughs> I, I I would go the other way. Santino wishes he was as good as Yano. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm trying yeah, to, yeah. trying to slay everything in New Japan is better than right, right. Uh, how about, how about uh, King of uh, Dad Bod style? Yes. That's my name for him. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and he sells his curry. You know, he has his curry and his DVDs, which I love. Uh, and then the first match of the G1 
What a way to kick it off. Will Ospreay making his oh. debut against Lance Archer. I thought this was going to be a good match. This was a phenomenal match. Easily the best Lance Archer match I've ever seen. Lance Archer, and I and we were talking about this before because I did, had not seen all that much Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that like struck me was like if Kevin Nash was a good wrestler, <laughs> it would be Lance Archer. If Kevin Nash had like Japan dojo training, right? Like, if well, he didn't suck. Let's just. Well, I feel like with Lance Archer, he's like hit and miss. Like, it's not like he has bad matches; he has all right matches. But with with a guy like Will Ospreay, who was one of the best. Like, he really pulled it out of him, and they structured a very exciting match. That table spot at the yeah, beginning. Was, oh, my God. Yeah, out of nowhere, the, right, right, like, first two minutes. Yeah, of the match. yeah. And, and I just love the David versus Goliath stuff, and you believed it, and you believed Osprey's comebacks, and, and mm-hmm. it felt like uh, Archer should have won. Right. Uh, but the pacing was such that, like, you... Like you, th- all the like the, the climax, false finish stuff was out of the way, and it was like, okay, Will Ospreay is going to win this match now, and then he lost. Right. Like yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. they they it was a uh, like it's hard to swerve wrestling fans. I think they I think they swerve. Well, also I think it kind of plays into that heavyweight versus junior heavyweight thing, sure. and that it was like Dallas, and this is his hometown. And also I love that he won with the claw, the Von Erich yeah. claw. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Also, the, the Von Eric Claw, but the pinning combination with the Right, claw. right. He pinned him with the Claw. I like awesome. that. It was, yeah, and then I like that he pinned him with the Claw, and then there was the extra detail after the, the bell was ringing, which, a little side note, there was not enough bell ringing. There was not enough, like, ding, ding, ding. We get this. Is, this is a scrum of people yeah, in the yeah. ring. It was supposed to ring that bell. Yeah, right yeah. Now. But oh, can yeah. I just say one little gripe I've always had with New Japan? Their bell fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> the WWE bell is like the perfect bell. Yeah. It's almost like they're hitting the wrong part of the bell in New Japan. I don't know right, if this right, sounds right. wrong to me. Well, I noticed the announcer rings the bell and he has like one of those, you know when you hit a gong, you have those like heavier drumsticks but with the soft oh, marshmallow tip? Yeah, that's what oh, he was. Get that fuzz out of there. No, get the fuck out of here with this fuzz. <laughs> metal on metal, bitch. But I loved, so after he got the pin with the claw, he left the claw on and then Osprey was tapping out from the claw. I love yeah. that little detail to sell the cloud then they didn't ring the bell for that right yeah they didn't ring that because i was like we need bell ringing here we did or and ishii and, and jeff cobb too when they were fighting it was like where's the bell how am i supposed to know they're supposed to stop <laughs> how do they know they're supposed to yeah. stop keep them under control uh evil versus Fale, a bit like it, it kind of uh, dragged a little because it was really hard to follow that uh, osprey match but it was all right i wouldn't i wouldn't even go all right it was very forgettable i could have yeah. been a complete i just i don't get like a bad luck Fale. i don't i like for me bad luck Fale is like a better kane like a late era kane like kane used to be great but like like him him and okada always have great matches uh, that's okada sure right. but with a guy like Evil, yeah, it's a weird... He just seems like the guy, like the big show. that like You get a big fat guy that's there to put other people over <laughs> and make them look strong, but then he wins. I think, I think he's better than big. I think he can, he can have good yeah, matches. I don't, I don't, I listen, everything has to be adjusted for New Japan. <laughs> I don't think he's as bad as the big show. Yeah. But I, he serves that role to me. But then he wins. Like, why does he yeah. need to be... Is he one of the best 20 guys? Well, he's a spoiler, I think, in the in the G1. Like, he's there to, like, ruin other people's record. Like, they need guys like that to take some losses, but then also give people losses get to, that, like... Get that guy... Get someone else to be that guy. I, just, I can't stand him. Uh, and I, then... It, I like Evil, by the way. I don't... But I do, he, he's, like... 
he needs someone good to work with. He's yeah. not a guy that can just have a great match. Right. They're the same. They're of the same thing where they need a, a, a better wrestler to like really bring the the best out of them, and they were working with each other, so it kind of didn't work out. But at the same time, I'm glad that Fale was not in a match, ruining a match of someone that I like. <laughs> so that's yeah. good. Uh, and and then it was just like all greatness. So then it was Sonata versus Zack Sabre oh, Jr. Yeah, that was that was my second favorite match of the night. Uh, Sonata, I feel, is the most underrated guy in New Japan. People don't realize like he can have a great match with anybody. He can work any style. He could do high flying, brawling. He could do the technical stuff, which he did with Zack. I loved the beginning of the match, how they slowed down the pace and just kept doing reversals on reversal, like the yeah. pinning reversals. It, it was completely different than any other match on the card tonight. The one thing I love about Zack Sabre Jr. is he, this has always been a pet peeve of mine before I've ever seen his him have a match, is that when you watch like a traditional wrestling match or whatever, in any, not just picking on WWE, but anywhere, like a guy will be in a, in a, um, like in a, in a submission hold, he has a submission hold on, and then his opponent starts to reverse it, and the guy just holds it on. Like when it's clear that he's gonna get like slammed or something. Right. Zack Saber Jr. like subverts that and he just he sees the guy about to lift him and he just lets go. Or it's, it's such a small thing. But I, I agree. And or the other end of it, if, if the opponent has his like like if he has him in an arm hold and the opponent is about to get his leg to the ropes, he'll lock the leg in to a submission and like yeah. keep it going. And, and he's won matches like that where he's had someone in, like, a submission on the arms. They're trying to get the legs. And he basically traps them where they can't get any limb to a rope. And they're forced to submit. And it's it's so brilliant to me because it's like like Ishii lost that way. Ishii didn't look weak tapping out. He was just trapped. He got trapped. You have nowhere to go. You have to lose. And it's just something that you could spring on the guy at any moment. And it's not. Yeah, exactly. He said he doesn't look weak. He got caught that time. So yeah. next time he's going to be aware of that. Right. But right. Zack Sabre Jr. does so many little things. Like, just like I said, the one thing about breaking the hole. But he does so many things that show that he's actually studying what he's doing and like trying like things a lot of the audience might not even notice you know but just that yeah. make, that look realistic if this was a real fight right even like uh when he was uh on the outside i forget why but then he started getting counted out and he was mocking the announcer like oh i'm gonna oh i'm not gonna make it back in and he made it yeah yeah it's like like hey, go break the count he was like oh go break the count <laughs> and he finally goes in at 19 uh and i think it was really a great star-making performance for Sonata, too. Like, he's been getting over as a face so much lately. I almost feel like they're teasing either him or Evil breaking away from... I don't know, because in the promo, they did a promo where every guy in the A block had, like, one sentence where they said... And what Sonata said is, I'm going to win this for me, not for, you know, the the team. Uh, So I'm curious. And, like, I feel like he should get... A world title, like it's it's hard to say, like or like an IC title, right? He needs like a good singles run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that match was was great. Fantastic. And then then it was Kenta versus Ibushi. That was okay. You said like you had high expectations, and then the show went up. This match, I had high expectations, and it went through the roof. This was an amazing match. I feel like I'm weird, like I'm kissing the ass of everybody except <laughs> except Bad Luck Fale on the show. <laughs> Uh, but really, they deserve it. Yeah, no, I was a little, like, you know, Kento is in WWE as Hiteo Tommy, and, like, the last few months was not, like, it was like there was nothing that excited me, which bummed me out, because I loved Kenta. 
uh, from back when he was in Ring of Honor when I saw him against Daniel Bryan and, and all those matches he had with, like, Joe and everyone. Joe, yeah. Yeah. And so it was great to see the old Kenta back because he was – those kicks were so stiff. We were, I don't know, 100 feet away. It felt like we, it was right there. Like yep. we were. It felt like it was mic'd. That's how loud these kicks yeah. are. Yeah. And, and, and very stiff, like you know, they're not. They, they do. They don't doing the slapping the thigh thing. I mean, he's really yeah. He's belting him in the nose, and they just take it. To yeah, make it look good. You know. Yeah, Bushi. Ibushi could take punishment, and he could dish it out. It was amazing. This is the closest I've been watching Ibushi, and he's so crisp. Everything he does, his his flips and just his transitions, and and even his selling is so great. Like he is. An unbelievable wrestler. He's the person that I want to win the G1. Like, I, I really hope he makes it to Wrestle Kingdom and he has, like, the world title run. I still think well. it's, it's just going to... They love, like, they love giving the established guy, like, guys who have won it before... Yeah. ...another win. Like well, who, who, do you th- who do you think is going to win? I mean, I wouldn't bet against Okada, honestly. They've never had the world champion, I don't think, uh, win the G1. But, it's yeah, it just seems like when they show the, the real... Of all the past winners, and you just really start to see, like, okay, this guy won six times. Okay, this will go. It is pretty like Masahiro Chono won like a million times. He was awesome, but yeah, it, it, like the like uh, I remember when he went to the he became he was like the NWO, like they were yeah. trying to brand themselves in in Japan. So they signed Masahiro Chono, yeah. and he just did nothing. Like he would just walk yeah. in, like behind Ted DiBiase. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't watch New Japan back then, and he just seemed like a jabron. He <laughs> like was in the US, in, yeah. in WCW, yeah. Like he was a nothing, and he was the main guy. But so yeah, so this match incredible. Before going into it, I knew Kenta had to win. It's his New Japan debut. If he lost, he'd, he'd look like a scrub. And Ibushi can take the loss, and now. Like, do, like, the comeback story. Like, everyone has a story in the G1. That's what I... It's so awesome because there's 20 different competitors and 20 different storylines because each wrestler has their own, like, rise and fall. And and it's so interesting. And it's also, you know, the one thing that's great about it is, like, they... Like, wins and losses matter. Mm -hmm. So you, you can have the same guys fight 20 times... And it doesn't get boring. Like, you don't have to scramble to make up a storyline every time. Oh, this guy slept with this guy's wife or whatever. Because, like, their actual match is a story. Like, it means something. Yeah, it's about the sport. It's ultimately about, like, the action. You know, like, it's predetermined and everything. But there is a sports element to it, which really grabs me, I feel. It's presented as a sport. That's what makes wrestling good. Like, not just here, but anywhere. The less it's treated as a sport, the more it fucking sucks. And uh, no better, like, the main event was Tanahashi versus Okada. And full disclosure, like, the their previous matches, like, their main events, Wrestle Kingdom, I always felt like the match before it was the better match. <laughs> like, uh, like at Wrestle Kingdom when it was uh, Ibushi versus Nakamura. And then them, I was like, oh, no, Ibushi and Nakamura was a way better match. And then the few times they wrestled after, I was like, I mean, it, it was good, but... It didn't. It never like really grabbed me. But seeing it live, seeing them in the ring live, the two biggest stars of New Japan in the, like, I like I completely lost my shit. I was like, <laughs> and I feel like the whole arena lost their shit. Uh, like right when the two of them were in the ring, like holy shit, like we're gonna witness this. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a standing ovation before, and either of them touched each other. Yeah. People were just so hyped that I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, and I want to point out that when Okada came out, uh, he looked amazing, and he had a skirt, and then he did his reveal of his wonderful thighs, 
I started a holy shit chant, which permeated through the entire American Airlines Absolutely. Arena. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> the crowd was great. The crowd was very willing to chant and like fun chants, not like you trying to get themselves over, trying to contribute to the show. I tried to get it uh, when, uh, when uh, who was it? Uh, Juice Robinson was in the ring with, uh, f- with uh, three other Japanese guys. I oh, he was with Liger and... Uh, oh, yeah, right. Oh, it was a six-man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to get USA going. I didn't work. <laughs> I figured we were in Dallas, you know? They were patriotic, but no. Uh, their match was awesome. I'm, I was really surprised that uh, Tanahashi took the loss. I was kind of thinking it might have been a draw, because that's a lot of their previous G1s were a draw, although I think the last one, Tanahashi, might have won. But the but the fi- the finish of the main event being a draw, like it's... Yeah, I guess I guess if, when I say it now, it's like, oh, of their first G1 in Dallas, yeah, they can't do that. They can't do that. Uh, it would have been... I, I would have appreciated it, but yeah. Yeah, but it was great. I thought that was my favorite match of the night. Not necessarily the, the most technically wrestled or, or whatever, but in terms of, like, electricity and, like, just... Main event feel that was definitely it for me. Yeah, fantastic. I, and I, I, I want to revise what I said before. I said that, uh, I said the the best match of the night was the the second best match was Zack Saber Junior. Uh, and Sonata, and then Ibushi. Ibushi. I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna call them a tie. Those, Those two, two matches, and then t- and then uh, the main event. What again? Like what I love is that all three matches completely different. Got me so hyped, and one after the other, there was no. Dumb promo in the middle, nothing like... And no uh, Alicia Fox match before the main event to <laughs> make everyone fall asleep. And then... I love Alicia Fox, but I don't need her in the uh, semi-main. Yeah, well, you <laughs> she could... has a role. She's on Total Divas. She should be entertaining there, but to have yeah. a match on a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I love, I love that New Japan does this. I wish WWE did, did it again. They ramp it up as you go, but they did do that in the past. Like they yeah. used to, like every the 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 preliminary matches, and then you would go uphill. Yeah, it was only in the last, like when they did the brand split that they started. I feel doing this and and doing the, you know, the pop. I guess they feel like people need to go take a piss break, so they don't want them to. Fuck you! I don't know. Break. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, just give me match, 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 match. Or if you want to do a promo package or something, yeah. that's fine. But like, I don't need to to ramp down my excitement with a shitty match and then ramp it back up again. By the time you get to the end, like everyone's the whole crowd's dead. Uh, yeah. So ultimately, it was phenomenal. Like you said at the beginning, we could have watched another few. It was like it started at five. It ended eight thirty. It was it was great. Perfect time. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're leaving out the two dark matches that we didn't discuss. Uh, the guy in the front row who was standing up. Oh, that's right. And got yelled at by a guy behind him. Well, hold on. This was right during the Lance Archer-Will Ospreay match. Will Ospreay, I mean, Lance Archer comes out, and he elbowed somebody, and it was this guy you're talking about. I'm almost hurt because he was, like, selling that he was knocked out from the elbow. Okay. And then next thing I know, he... he, Well, he's he's standing up, and then they call the guard over. The guard gets in his face, and he turns around and goes, Fuck you! I paid for this seat! Fuck you! And he puts his middle finger directly in this guard's face. I am... So yeah. impressed with how, what a pacifist this guard was. I also want to say, and this is relevant to the story, there's an African-American gentleman and a probably six-foot-five guard, and we we're in Dallas, Texas. I was a little worried there may be, like, well, what was so impressive? What was so impressive about that, too, was other people were like, hey, man, shut the fuck up, like, sit the fuck down, you're ruining this, and he would antagonize them. Yeah. And then the guard would, like, 
ask them to ask the other people, like, please, like, just chill out, man. Like, this right, guy's right, being right. weird. You don't want to start anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it was handled beautifully. All the credits got. And then he got like his boss to come over, and they slowly escorted the guy out. Mm-hmm. And I was glad because it was getting <laughs> a little distracting. Because yeah, it was, it was a like matching. I, I wanted to watch. I want a split screen. <laughs> both things that were happening. So then they took him away, and I thought, okay, this guy's definitely being thrown out. But as he's walking by us, he goes. The, the guard goes to him. Uh, he says to the guard, where's uh, where's my new seats? Where's my new seats? Yeah. So they were giving him a new seat, maybe because he got elbowed. Yeah. And they were afraid of a lawsuit. Yeah, so, maybe. So they gave him leeway not to throw him out. I have to watch the footage back if it was uh, him being elbowed, but it looked like. It, it was. It just happened really quick. What was the other dark match? The other dark match was in Whataburger when a man uh, broke up with his girlfriend. Oh, my God. Oh, got yes. dumb- Actually, sorry, the girl dumped him like five feet from us. And then they both stormed out, and he starts chasing her across the parking lot. He was, like, crying. He couldn't even finish his food, and then she had to collect it. <laughs> Did they go to the show? Were they wearing any I don't think so. I think... I think. They, they, Bless their hearts. She fell in love with uh, New Japan. She fell in love with Tanahashi. She, <laughs> she couldn't date him anymore. He, he threw in his num- he, she threw a number at him during the match. All right, well, I think that about covers the G1. G1 Climax 29! Un- un- unbelievable. See yeah. it anywhere you can in JPW World. Yeah, they're going to be doing shows on the West Coast and the East Coast uh, and, and watch it on Access. They're doing the J-Cup on yeah. the West Coast for the first time. Should be fun. All right. Excellent. Bye, everybody.